The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and we are back. And now we are talking to Joanna Charnas, who is the author of 100 Tips and Tools for Managing Chronic Illness. And she provides all of us with 100 different methods for, with humorous, uh, heartfelt, and insightful ways to help us Uh, cope, and also survive and thrive in our life, even with our illness. I want to let our audience know that Joanna Charnas um, holds a BA from Evergreen State University and an MSW from Boston University School of Social Work. She's been a social worker for 30 years and uh, is really, she's helping in the mental health department of a large teaching hospital. She's also the author of the popular book, Living Well with Chronic Illness. So again, welcome, welcome, Joanna. Um, tell us how you how this book is a little bit different from the Living Well. It sounds like this is more tips and tools. Absolutely, the first book was twenty concise chapters about how to manage your life if you live with chronic illness, from a biological, psychological, social, spiritual, and financial uh, view. This book is more grassroots, practical things that you can apply every day, Uh, specific things that just to help you get through your day if you're struggling with illness. Uh, It's more applicable and inspirational than an overall guide. That's the difference. It's a companion book to the first one. Are these things that have helped you personally, and what are some of the favorite things that have helped you personally in these tips? Um, They're all personal. They're not observational. I think um, the first chapter is on mindfulness, and it's, uh, there are many ways to just stop, um, decompress, not overreact, uh, and enjoy the moment if you possibly can. So I talk about um, being stuck online outside in New York City, and instead of just sitting there fuming that there's a long line where there used to be no line, I struck up a conversation with the people in the line and had a wonderful, mm-hmm. funny interchange with them. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, what, what would be your tip for someone who has a chronic illness, goes to the doctor, and there has been some regression of some kind, whether it's a lower test result or something, and they're starting to go down the rabbit hole and panic? What's your, what's your tip there? First thing is, it's okay to panic. It's normal when you have a setback that you don't understand. Setbacks are normal. And so, first of all, I would normalize, and I would have the person really talk to themselves and not try to figure out if they did something wrong. So Mm -hmm. I would just say, this happens, don't worry about it. I would have them take literally a deep breath or several Mm -hmm. and figure out some pointed written questions they can ask their physician. 
Could this have happened? Could that have happened? And also, primarily, focus on the future. What can I do differently to prevent this? It's very Mm -hmm. easy to get stuck in panic and distress, and that's okay for a moment or two, but then I would urge them to regroup and move forward with positivity. That's a very good answer. Yeah, and um, what now what do you face in your own life in terms of chronic illness? I have 15 conditions. I don't process visually correctly. I don't process sign, uh, uh, sound correctly. Um, <clears throat> I have interstitial cystitis. I have a blood pressure disorder. But wow. primarily, I have chronic fatigue syndrome, and that's the one that requires the most management and mindfulness on a daily basis. But they all do, all of them. So, I'm not going to list jo- all 15. So, Joanna, when I hear that, uh, you know, the first thing I think of as an observer, as a listener is, wow, she could have just rolled up on the couch, right, and said, that's it. What gave you the motivation to say, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make a difference. Um, I was very inspired uh, by a book I read as a teenager by the writer, director, musician Gordon Parks. And he wrote about um, overcoming obstacles as a black man in the 1930s as an artist. And what mm. I learned from that book is um, the way you get over obstacles is you just don't look at them and you just keep going. And um, he yeah. inspired me. And also his photographs in Life magazine in the 1970s where he documented social issues inspired me. So he really is my guiding force, which is um, do what you love and uh, also um, give to others and address the social needs and uh, don't pay attention to obstacles. Just have faith and be positive. And um, my parents also taught me that I could do anything I really wanted to before I got sick, but that was lesson was very well ingrained in me. And so those are my influences. I feel very fortunate to have had them. Right, right. And I think having your parents as a positive guide, it really gave you a step up, right? Because those people that had the negative voices in their head from childhood, it's a little bit harder. Yes. um, I wanted to be a dentist for a long time until I realized it involved blood. But I'm almost 60, and I wanted to be a dentist at 6, 7, and 8 when there weren't a lot of female dentists. And no one ever said a word about it. They said, great, go be a dentist. Hmm. And instead, you became a teacher and a writer and a motivator. And a, and a social worker. And um, yeah. always advocating for the best interests of my patients and trying to gently guide them in my role towards better mental health and higher self-esteem. And also a positive attitude and a sense of empowerment. Right. Let's, um, let's give some tips for difficult issues when you're dealing with chronic illness. So... One would be dating, one would be parenting, and one would be traveling. Let's start with, start with dating. What if you're single, you have a chronic illness, and you want to date? What would you say about that? Uh, I've actually written a little bit about this. What I would say, this is Chapter 12 in my first book, I would say, put your best foot forward. It's normal dating. Don't over-disclose. Wait until you feel that it's somewhat serious, and, and everybody's serious you know, arbiter is different, but um, when you feel like it's going to move forward, you're going to get past date number three, that's the time to tell people, but tell them concisely. No one wants to to hear a whole lot about your illness, and Mm -hmm. um, let people know how you manage it. So what I say is, I'm going to lead a lot of downtime, I'm sick a lot, but 
I lead a normal life and I lead a full life, but I just might need to rest a little bit more than other people. And that's all mm. I say. And that's that what I would great. encourage other people to say. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is everybody dates. The disabled date, amputees date, the morbidly obese date, the chronically ill date. Just remember, everybody dates. There really is a lid for every pot. And go out there and put your best foot forward. Mm, very encouraging. And that's what I do. Oh. What about traveling? Um, Traveling, I think, is a little trickier, but it is perfectly okay to say you are disabled and to ask for special things. So if airports are overly stimulating or too tiring, ask for a wheelchair and everybody will give it to you. I need to pre-board because of my blood pressure issue. I look perfectly healthy and I just ask very affirmatively, hi, I'm disabled, I need to pre-board. Also, um, I think creature comforts are very important when you're ill, and so make sure that you bring a carry-on bag with things that are going to make you comfortable. I always bring food, and I buy overpriced water after I get through security, headphones, um, your own blanket. Um, Don't have, one of the things I do in particular is I don't have short layovers because it's too stressful. I'd rather be in an airport longer. Utilize the airport lounges. It costs a little money, but it's worth every penny. That's what I would say. Pacing, planning, spend a little money. And you can't, didn't, I didn't realize that today. I thought that you had to be a member of a club in order to use an airport lounge. No, not to my knowledge. Um, I, and uh, I think if you are flying on that airline, you can just pony up and pay some money. I see, yeah. Yes, so, and, and I agree with you on that. The lounges really do make a difference. They really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good points. Um, the other thing I'd, I'd like to mention, because I saw somebody pass because of this, uh, left their very important medication in their bag, didn't put it in their carry-on, and ended up, ended up uh, dying because they didn't have the medication when they were on an island. And the reason they didn't have it is that it got, the bag got lost. The bag yes, was always great. And on international flights, it's very important that people travel with the original bottles, not in um, like daily pill boxes, because they can be stopped if they don't have the original bottle. So that's also very important for prescription medications, particularly right. narcotics. Right. So but make sure that you put travel, them in your carry-on. With you. Right. Carry on and then keep it in the original bottle. That's very good. Mm-hmm. All right, what about, what about parenting with chronic illness? Well, I am not a parent, but I think the most important thing is planning and pacing and communication. And if one has money, spend it. So there are things that are important, like spending time with your child that's pleasurable and loving, And cooking for your child is less important. So anything that can be farmed out that isn't interpersonal, absolutely do it. Um, Give an example of that. Give an example, Joanna. Cooking. 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 If um, you can afford to have someone cook for you or um, live on expensive takeout, anything that reduces your stress, unless unless cooking is therapeutic, which it is for a lot of people, uh, if you can have someone clean your house, if you can afford to do that, spend money on the things that are not, that are essential, but that are not child That are services that, you, that would make it easier for you. And if you don't have the money, then trade, right? Or do something with yes. other people or uh, do something in a group, but, but get the help, correct? Yes, and, I, and the other thing is, and I've, I've heard a child psychologist or psychiatrist, I'm not sure, I don't remember, say this, 
is spend at least one hour alone with your child every week. Whether you have one or five, spend some concentrated time alone that's just pleasurable, not doing homework, not making sure they brush their teeth, not even tucking them in and reading them something, but that's just fun and pleasurable that the child enjoys. And that bonding time can make up for a lot of deficits. And obviously, Mm -hmm. schedule as much of your energy around your child and your family as you can, even if you work. Mm -hmm. And it requires some sacrifice. Mm. Absolutely. In your, in your book, it's divided into 10 chapters, and you have some meditations on mindfulness. Talk more about the meditations. Well, I use one example, and I think you can apply it to anything. I work uh, in a military hospital, and on Wednesdays I come in at 8 o'clock, and that's when they um, play the Pledge of Allegiance. And I often get stuck, and I'm one or two minutes late. And uh, every time that happens, I think, oh, darn, I'm about to be late again. But I also just use it as a moment to relax. And I think you can apply that to any frustrating situation. I'm stuck in my car. I could choose to be angry and frustrated, or I could put on some pleasant music and just say, is it really going to kill me if I'm five minutes late? Anything that's frustrating, we need to step back from our emotional life and really assess how important whatever it is um, is occurring. And is it worth that emotional distress? And most of the time it's not. Occasionally it is, but most of the time it's not. And that's just being mindful of our own behavior. When we feel ourselves escalating into negativity, to take a step back, be thoughtful, be mindful, and make some decisions. I'm not going to be upset about this. I'm going to calm down and proceed forward. And that's what mindfulness is all about, whether you're sick or not. Exactly. What tips do you give to people with chronic illness around the holidays when they have to be around those difficult relatives that they don't choose to be around? What would you say to that? Um, first of all, I would, um, and you could probably, they could probably Google this, uh, find some conversation changers. So if someone's getting on your nerves, find ways to change the conversation. Um, and one of the things one can do is just get up and go to the bathroom or get a drink of water. Oh, thanks so much for giving me advice, you know, on X that they didn't want or need. I have to go get a drink of water. Or, excuse me, I need to go to the ladies' room. Just change the subject or leave the room gracefully using socially acceptable terms. Mm-hmm. The other thing is it's perfectly okay to say to your family, I really want to spend fill in the holiday with you, but I'm not feeling okay, so I'm going to either show up late or leave early. Please don't be offended. I can't mm-hmm. spend the six hours we usually spend. I can only spend three. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, too. I think for gifts, it's okay if you're sick to buy gift cards, unless it's something yeah. very, very special. So you're it's saying, okay. you know, really preempt. I really love the one about, you know, if somebody is getting on your nerves and you say, thank you for your advice, I really appreciate it, I've, I've you know, got to get a drink or got to go to the bathroom, because then mm-hmm. they don't feel rejected that you've cut them off. But you have to prepare for it if you know you right. have a challenging relative. Right, right. One of the stock what? things I say is, thank you so much for your advice. I'll give it some thought or I'll look into it. And sometimes I just say, you know, I'm doing the best I can. But thanks, I'll look into it. Joanna, what would be one of some of your favorite tips? Now, you have 100 tips for managing chronic illness. What would be, just give us the top three that you really love, that you use a lot. Boy, that's hard because I use so many every single day. Well, how about other people, other readers who've written to you with their favorites? What have you heard? Um, well, I've heard a couple of things. Uh, one of the things that I really liked was you don't have to be superwoman because we're all geared to be superwomen these days, do everything all the time for everybody, including ourselves, and look a certain way all the time. 
And one of my readers, a lovely lady named Beth, if you're listening, said it was really helpful for her to understand she doesn't have to do that. She can let go of some things. So I think figuring out what you can let go of and focusing on what's important is critical. And I think it's critical for everybody. We all live a really stressful life. I think the mindfulness that we mentioned previously is a lifesaver always. And I do it almost on a daily basis. Just calm down. Figure out how to step back and calm down. And the other thing, and this seems silly, but life is full of many, many beautiful things. And it's so important to enjoy the little things. And it doesn't matter what they are. I it doesn't agree. matter if it's a, a small bar of favorite chocolate. Right. I buy flowers at Trader Joe's. So do I. Um, <laughs> no, so do they're I. inexpensive. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Every time I have exact change, I feel like I've solved a Rubik's Cube. It's silly, but it makes me feel good. Really savor the little things. Because the little things are really what we live with on a day-to-day basis and what what get us through. Every time I look at my Trader Joe's flowers, I have a teeny tiny endorphin boost. It's great. So those Mm -hmm. would be my three big things. Mm -hmm. Enjoy Mm -hmm. the little things. Life is beautiful, whether you're sick or not. Well, you just helped me to understand something that, because my flowers make me very happy. And now I understand why, because they, they really yeah. is, they really do something for our senses. Yes, I'm, I'm so glad. So uh, we have a few minutes left. So a few more tips that you'd like our listeners to know, particularly in managing chronic illness, things that are easy to do and have really made a difference for you. Um, I plan my day like I budget. So every day I write down the things that I think I need to do. And, but it's fluid. So I know what I should be doing or what I want to be doing. And it gives me a guide to the day. Uh, and I think that's very helpful for me. Very helpful. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it doesn't happen today. Did it really need to happen? No. I was going to pay three mm-hmm. bills yesterday. I looked at the bills. I was tired. I thought, you know what? These bills are not due to the end of May. It went off my list. It just crossed mm-hmm. it off. Added mm-hmm. it to a different list. So I think yeah. um, uh, planning, prioritizing, and then letting go when you can, if, if, you, if your body is not up to it, or your mind, because the these principles are the same for mental illness, is very important. I think um, pacing is very important. Don't plan too much. Because you mm-hmm. may be able to do it, but you'll pay a price. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's very important. Planning, pacing, and then I think the most important thing is be kind to yourself. Just be kind to yourself. Let yourself off the hook. Um, life, is, life is beautiful, but life in modern life is very, very challenging. And that's really um, a meditative thing. There's a form of therapy called cognitive behavioral therapy, and it's basically a way of reframing your thinking from negative thoughts to neutral or positive ones. Mm-hmm. And it's very helpful, and I use it every day on myself. Uh, what would you like to leave our listeners with and then how can they get your book so what would be your closing thoughts for our listeners Um, my heart goes out to uh, other people who are living with chronic illness whether they're physical or mental but there's still much beauty to be had in our lives and we need to seek it out and embrace it and be kind to ourselves when we fail and Mm -hmm. uh, that's the big thing life is still beautiful it's hard but it's still beautiful they're not they're not, a, they're, not, they're not opposite. It's one big thing. The beauty and, and the hard stuff is all tied up together, mm-hmm. and we need to not forget that it's still beautiful and there's lots of joy to be had for us as we struggle. Oh, that's wonderful. How can people find you and your books, and do you give seminars? Tell us about your work. 
uh, I have a website, joannacharnas.com, and all of my writing is there. Um, and my two books are available at barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com, very easily accessible. Uh, and if they're interested, they can reach out to me through my website. Absolutely. Can people write to you if they have a question? They do, and I respond always. Okay. All right. Do you teach any courses or workshops or? Not at the moment, but I might in the future. All right. So, again, the website is Joanna Charnas, C-H-A-R-N-A-S dot com. Yes. And my, right. they can also access my blog there and reach out to me through my blog. Um, they can email me directly. They just need to make sure it doesn't go into spam by putting something in the header, which is jcharnas at hotmail.com. Okay, terrific. I love Joanna, it when my readers reach out to me. Wonderful. So do that, folks. Do write to Joanna. Thank you so much for being on the program. It was very inspirational. It really was. Thank you. It's all, Thank you. It was delightful to talk to you a few years ago, and it's equally delightful today. Thank <laughs> you so much for your Thank attention you. and time. Thank you very much. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. You can connect with me, patriciaraskin.com, or write to me, patricia at patriciaraskin.com, and I'll put you on my newsletter list, and you can get to see my upcoming guests and the different things that I'm doing. Facebook is Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources, or Patricia Raskin. I look forward to hearing from you. I love you all. Until next week, have a great week. Right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Bye for Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.